Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to the Live and Living podcast for about, I think, the third time today. And yes, it's this is, is our third episode of this podcast, but also it is my third time recording this episode today since I've been having mic problems and all that, and then one time I accidentally didn't save the episode. So bear with me and pray that this ends up working this will be the one that I upload because it's a lot of work but if we haven't met before I'm Allison and I'm so glad you're here today and that you found this episode wherever you did I'm just so glad you found it and I'm so excited to be back recording because it's been about a few weeks since I last uploaded my last episode so yeah I'm really excited and today is going to be a very special day on this podcast because we're going to be starting our first ever series so for the next four episodes, we're going to be going through the book of Philippians. And so each episode, we'll be talking about one chapter of Philippians. So today we're we're talking about chapter one, then part two is going to be chapter two, and so on. There are only four chapters in Philippians, so there'll only be four episodes. But yeah, Philippians is one of the first books that I read when I really started getting serious about reading the Bible like a few a few years ago, I think, in sixth or seventh grade. And I wish you could see this. Literally every page of it is just full of yellow and blue highlighter. I'm not sure why I chose blue, but then I was super excited and I wanted to highlight almost everything. So I'd like box in with blue highlighter. I don't know why. Usually yellow is the standard color. But yeah, I'm just so excited to share with you guys what I learned. And I would say that these like lessons are pretty simple, but I just want to share and hope that it encourages some of you. So every time I go through a book of the Bible, I'm going to be calling it the Living Through blank series. So this time it's going to be called Living Through Philippians. I originally thought of calling it Tuesday Night Bible Study because a Bible study I went to this past summer was on Tuesday nights and I really loved that Bible study. It was so fun and it just made me excited for the week. So maybe I'll use that name for when we do other things on other topics on this podcast. I'm not sure at this point. But anyway, I do want you to treat these next four episodes like a Bible study. I really wish I could be sitting with all of you, like, in a classic circle and their Bibles open and having a conversation about this. But that's not really how a podcast works, unfortunately. So I'm hoping in the future we'll be able to have these on YouTube or something where it's like a video, <laughs> you know. But yeah, if you're listening to this at home or anywhere where you're on the go, I encourage you to put Pull out your Bible, a physical copy if possible. If you're driving, don't open up the Bible on the steering wheel. It's not safe. But yeah, I encourage you to pull out a Bible and then a notebook to take notes if you want, because I don't know about you. Maybe you'll agree with me after you listen to this, but some of these things I'm going to be talking about are pretty like noteworthy. So without further ado, let's get into our Living Through Philippians series. So before we get, we really get into the study, I want to give you some background on the book of Philippians. I know more before we actually get in. <laughs> but I do think it's very helpful to know exactly, like, who wrote the book, if we do know who, sometimes we don't, and then, like, in what context the book was written. Otherwise, we might take it out of context, or we just might not fully understand what the author or the writer is trying to say. So Philippians is a book in the New Testament written by Paul to the church in the city of Philippi which is in modern-day Greece. Uh, before this, I didn't really know where Greece was on the map. I knew it was in Europe, 
Um, my family's European, so, you know, I kind of knew we're Greek, because we're not Greek, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, um... But go look on the map if you want to know where Philippi was. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, my Bible study... my Not Bible study, my study Bible summarizes Philippians, the whole book. It summarizes as this. Paul encourages the Philippians to live as citizens of a heavenly city, growing in their commitment to serve God and one another. Jesus is the supreme example of this way of life. Perfectly said. So this is probably the reason why Philippians is one of my most read books in the Bible, because Paul really just focuses on how the people of this church should live as Christians. And this is exactly what I want to do, is encourage young people like me to how to live like Christians using this podcast, if that makes sense. So let's get straight into some verses from chapter 1. But just so you all know, those verses are going to be in the NLT translation, which is the New Living Translation, because I think it's like easier to listen to if you're if someone's reading a Bible verse over a podcast. I mean, I don't think it really matters. I mean, I always think it's good to um, like read a verse in multiple translations. I think it helps a lot. But yeah, I'll be using the NLT Bible, and I'm going to be reading a lot of Bible verses today. At least I think so. Um, so grab your Bible when you're ready. Also, I'm not going to be reading the whole chapter yet. I, w- I was going to. I should have said that earlier. I was going to, but then um, it took a lot of energy and my mouth is getting dry. So, yeah, um, grab our Bible and get ready. So, the first chapter of Philippians isn't very long. I don't know if you read it, like if you paused it and then went and read it and came back. But it isn't very long, in my opinion. Maybe fun for you. But there is a ton that we can learn from this. And in order to keep this episode from running super long because honestly I think I could talk about 45 to 45 minutes to a whole hour about what we could learn from this first chapter but I like to keep these episodes around 20 minutes when I first recorded this it was around 30 but it's we are doing a bible study type thing so in order to keep it from running super long I'm only going to be looking at three verses or passages today So the first verse I want to look at is actually three verses, verses 9 through 11. So let me read them. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, where this will bring much glory and praise to God. So this verse is something I really think, at least for me, is one, if not one, it's the main goal for my life as a Christian. Um, <laughs> this is my definition of having an exciting and God-filled life. I mean, I want to love God and others. I want to definitely want to keep on learning and growing my faith. I mean, that's the reason I started this podcast, kind of. <laughs> and I do want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. So you see, Paul really wants these Christians to keep on to keep on going, if that makes sense. Like, you know that quote, keep on keeping on. <laughs> I have a bunch of random quotes just like in my head, but <laughs> if, yeah, if that makes sense. Because he calls other Christians to live pure and blameless lives until Christ comes back. And the way we live purely is through loving others, growing our knowledge in the Bible and in God, and through producing the fruits of the Spirit, which are listed in Galatians 5, verse 22. And you guys might have heard these. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you didn't hear that, those were love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So before I really dive into this verse and these fruits, before I, I don't know, research for this, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, I never really paid too much attention intention to these fruits i was just like oh yeah these i've been learning them as a kid like one time i think i was around eight years old um <clears throat> i'm not eight, eight anymore i'm much older than eight just so you know but me and my brother it was an activity in one of our like the adventure bible for kids and you so we cut out a big like tree out of paper we did not build a tree that's that would be cool but it was a big tree out of paper and then we drew fruits and wrote like love joy peace i know like peace was a pear and then love was a lemon yeah anyway just as a visual so i never really paid attention to these fruits because they were just like oh second nature for me like oh yeah those are the fruits of the spirit but like how awesome are these because i hope you do the same as me don't you want to have these come out of your life and pour into other people's lives because i don't know about you again i hope you do the same for me i know i said that again but i want to love i want to have joy I want God's peace. I want to be patient. I want to be kind. I want to. I definitely want to be seen like good in God's eyes. I want to be faithful to God and others around me. I want to be gentle. And I want to be able to practice self-control. And these are the qualities that I see, like in the people that I look up the the most to around me. And these are the people, the not the people, the qualities that I want. And these are the qualities that I want to that I want others to see in me. And also. Um, well, I said qualities a lot, but uh, sidetrack, it reminds me of the live-action Mulan. I don't know if it was in the cartoon version, but it was like the matchmaker was like, these are the qualities we see in a good wife, and these are the qualities we see in Mulan. It was like, ooh, Mulan. Anyway, so yeah, these are the qualities that I want in my life. These are the qualities I see in people that I look up the most to. And all these things are what really matter in life. And as you can see, Paul wants us to realize these things. And I talked in the last episode of this podcast with the about treasures in heaven. And it was about, like, how we can get caught up in the, in the worldly things of this world. But, like, those things aren't going to last. So as Paul is saying here, like, the things that do matter in this life are our relationship with people, our relationship with God, and bringing others to Christ. Because these are the things that are going to matter when we get to heaven. And as Paul is saying, it will matter when Christ returns. So all these things are pleasing to God. And this is how you use your life to glorify God. By loving him, enthusiastically diving into learning his word. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, producing the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, this makes me so excited just thinking about it. So I hope you'll take the challenge with me to live like this. All right, so now we're excited after that first passage. At least I was. That got me pumped to continue. Um, but yeah, so now we're going to take a look at verses 20 through 24. And they say, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do a more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. So, oh, okay. 
<laughs> All right. So I'm super excited for the first. There's a lot we can learn. I found some really cool things preparing for it. The whole book of Philippians makes me excited. So I can't wait for like the episodes to come. They're going to be great. So you might be wondering right now, like, what does it mean when Paul says, whether I live or die, like living means living for Christ and dying is even better. So in case you didn't know, at the time when he wrote this letter, he was in prison and he was in prison because of Christ and because he refused to deny his faith. And Paul is thinking specifically about death because at this time there was like, there was persecution, death for believing in God. And I know even now in today's world, like people are still being persecuted for their faith, unfortunately, and being killed for their faith. And us too can also be persecuted for our faith, even if we don't necessarily die. Like it can be more of a social death and we can be rejected or become a social outcast or, you know, people might think you're crazy and call you names and reject you. And also, if you pay close attention, you'll see that Paul said living means living for Christ because Paul knows that while we're, <laughs> excuse me, so Paul knows that while we're living on this earth, this is the only chance you've got, that we've got, that we all have, this is the only chance. So we, me and you, we have a decision to either live for Christ or to live life without a purpose, basically. And as Christians, we live for Christ, not anything else. And as I said before, nothing, nothing, nothing else will matter when we die and either go to heaven or hell. Like, that's it. And I also want to note that I think it's very interesting that Paul never says that he's scared of death. Because for a Christian, dying and living are both good. Though, like... Dying means going to a place that is so much better than the earth. But for the non-Christian, dying is something to be very, very afraid of because if you don't believe in Jesus, it does mean going to hell. I mean, that's the truth. And I remember hearing this quote again. Uh, yeah, it says, <laughs> I, I don't know what I was going to say. So I remember hearing this quote a few years ago. I don't necessarily remember where. Um, but it says, heaven makes your best day on earth seem like hell, and hell makes that best day on earth seem like heaven. Which is basically saying that, like, heaven is so much better than your best day on earth, and then hell is so much worse than... Actually, no, it was like, hell makes your worst day on earth seem like heaven. Yeah. Um, so this is why we naturally, as humans, like we're all terrified of the idea of dying or anyone close to us dying. Because Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And then there's another verse, I don't remember where it's from, I don't have it in my notes here. But it said, for all have sinned, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which means, I mean, we all sin and we're all destined to die. So... Without God, we are destined to go to hell because of our sins. But once you know that Jesus died for your sins and you believe in that and ask God to forgive of your sins and now you're, and now you're washed clean, like death is nothing to be afraid of. Especially recently for me. Like, again, I haven't thought about this like ever, but I just realized how freeing it is to not be scared of death. Like, it's almost inexplainable. inexplainable. Like, so let me see. 
So for example, you have your really good days where like you got 100% on your test and your math test, that was really hard, which is actually pretty rare. So that would be an amazing day. Then you go see your friends and you go to like church youth group or something. So yeah, you have your awesome days and then you have your really bad days where like you did really bad on your test or you didn't do well on a sports tryout, which happened to me. Um, or like you just feel insecure and like you don't have a purpose and you know, everything just seems to be going terrible. And then on those bad days, sometimes you think to yourself, you know, when you're laying on your bed and you're like, oh, what could possibly wor be worse than this? I know we all have those moments. And so what I'm trying to say is basically the world's answer to like what the question, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you? Like what could possibly be worse than this is death. But then as I've been saying, if you're a Christian, if you die, it's going to be so much better than that awesome day you had. I mean, isn't that just so cool? I think it's cool. But yeah, and then if you aren't scared of death, then you don't need to be scared of anything. Okay, so that was the last part of the verse. I sort of went out of order. I don't know why. That's just how it happened. But now I want to talk about the first part. It's the part that says, for I fully expect and hope that I'll never be ashamed, but that I'll continue to be bold for Christ as I have in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. So we talked about not being scared of death, but the first part of this verse is what Paul wants to do while he's alive. So it goes like talking about life to then talking about death and all that. So Paul basically wants to be bold in his faith and never be ashamed of the gospel. And he wants to honor Christ in everything that he does. Awesome. I don't know about you, but again, this is exactly how I want to live. And I don't know if you've caught on yet, but this is what the whole book of Philippians is about. Like, I looked forward to chapter 2 today. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I already have those verses planned out, but I looked forward uh, ahead, and I'm really looking forward to it because, again, there's so many life lessons that we can learn. So, yeah, the whole book of Philippians is, like, how we should want to live. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> so let me start by saying that if you want to live for Christ, you're going to have to be bold. And I know that when we hear that word a lot, it might have lost its effect when it comes to its true meaning. Like, you have teachers or parents being like, oh, be bold, go take that risk, go talk to that person. You know, you gotta be bold. Or you have bolded words when you type an essay for school and your teacher's like, oh, make sure. And other words are bold or, like, or they do have you bold the title, you know. So um, I looked up the word bold in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. I have no preference for that dictionary, but that was the first thing that came up on Google. So that's, I assume the definition is correct. But this is what the definition of bold is, according to that, the dictionary. It says, fearless before danger. Yep. <laughs> fearless before danger. And what's, what I find really interesting is that it's not confidence. It's not just plain being fearless. Like, it's being fearless before danger. And I hope your blood pressure just rose or you got goosebumps or you... I don't know, wrote that down in your notes or you're like, wow, that's so good because I thought all those things. <laughs> but yeah, wow. I just think that's crazy. I mean, 
off sidetrack a little bit, but like I don't want to just be fearless, guys. I want to be fearless before danger too. I want to be bold. So the this definition of bold is I think exactly on the on the is exactly the point that Paul wanted to make when he wrote this, especially since he goes on to talk about dying and dying for Christ. I know I touched on this before, but Paul, for him being bold, being fearless before danger meant possibly facing death and other forms of persecution. So in order to be bold, we also need to be unashamed of the gospel and of our faith. So for more knowledge, um, I also looked up the definition of ashamed in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which says feeling shame, guilt, or disgrace. And it also says um, being embarrassed is a definition of being ashamed. So this should hit hard for all of us. Because I'm sure if someone asked you and me if we were ashamed of the gospel of our faith, that we would say, no way, no, 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 I'm not ashamed. But I think if someone asked if we asked us if we felt uncomfortable, uncomfortable, or a little bit embarrassed when it comes to talking about our faith to other people, I think we would say yes, unfortunately. And I don't think we mean to do this, but because so much of our world is not Christian and doesn't have those Christian beliefs, like, and we stick out because we're Christian. I mean, we can feel the those feelings of uncomfortability and embarrassment. I think those are the words. Because we sense danger. Yes, danger. And I don't think we... Oh, wait, I already said that. Yeah, I don't think we mean to feel those feelings, but we sense danger. Uh, I have my notes and I read the last lines and the next one. Okay. So, yeah, um, we're scared that someone is going to say something or that will get rejected if people see that are Christian. And as I learned in my Sunday school class on Sundays for the past few weeks, this is called the fear of man. And I think at some point or another, um, someone will say something negative about our faith because Jesus said, he even said in John fifteen eighteen that if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Because mm-hmm. if the world hates you, it's not you. It's it's Jesus. Because if Jesus lives inside of you, then people will. They might hate you because they hated Jesus first. So I know that it's uncomfortable, but being a Christian means not. It doesn't fit in this world. And oh, and by the way, today I was. Listening to a podcast, I think it was called The Stranger Sessions for, like, Christian Teens or something. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. And the so the host, her name's Angel, and that's an amazing podcast. I just loved it. So go check it out. But she, her main message for her podcast is about how, like, us Christian teens, we shouldn't fit into this world because we're Christians and we're so different. Like, she even calls herself she even calls herself Angel the Stranger because there's this verse in like First Peter that's like, oh, you're just passing through, you're a stranger to this world. So yeah, being a Christian means not fitting into this world. And on this podcast, I really want to be honest with you and slowly like share some of my story. So if someone asked me if I'm a Christian, I would definitely say yes. Like I would never deny that I'm a Jesus follower, but sometimes the fear of man like does show up in my life 
in other ways. So during this season in our lives, I'm sure you know what I'm going to say, unless you're listening to this podcast like 50 years from now and you weren't alive when this happened. Um, so yeah, with the virus and the COVID <laughs> going around and all that, like we have to wear masks at my school. And so one of the easiest ways I can share Jesus during this time is with others is through what I wear. So usually pre-COVID, I'd be able to smile at people and like just radiate that positivity. And it's like so much easier to open up and be friendly and, you know, make friends. Like when you don't have a piece of cloth over your face, because yeah, it's basically, I could make a whole episode about this, but the, I feel like the mask and all these restrictions really make your light not shine as much. So yeah, it, it was, it's really difficult. So I have some shirts that I wear with slogans like Jesus King and his mercies are new on men and make heaven crowded and do not fear them from elevated faith in case you're wondering. And um, so I wear those shirts to school and I want to wear them because I like them and I like that I can share a positive message. And I do wear these shirts, but sometimes it's really hard to get past the fear that like someone's going to say something to me because some kids at school are you know, kind of intimidating, and I don't want to feel this way, but I do. I feel like we all do, and I know we shouldn't be like this, but it's something that we'll always struggle with throughout this life because being a Christian is so, like, counterculture. So Paul is calling us to never be ashamed and to be bold, fearless before danger. And I want you to know that I'm walking through this with you. I mean, it is not easy. But if we want to live our lives fully for Christ, like then that means that we're going to have to step out of our comfort zones and be bold. All right. So I hope everyone is still with me because the next and final verse I want to look at today is verse 27, which says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or I only hear about you, I will know that you are staying together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith that is the good news. So first of all, I want to say that this verse reminds me of the Torn Wall song, Citizen of Heaven. Yep. I don't know if you guys have watched it or no, not watch. Uh, it's a song. I don't know if you've listened to it unless you watch the music video. My brother was telling me actually that the music video is like pretty wacky. Like Torn's like coming up out of the water with a bunch of these background dancers and it's like so yeah go check out that song um that just reminded me of that everything's been pretty random on this podcast so far my random commentation but yeah so i was gonna say that um even though like a relationship with god is personal and it's between one person and god that's what it is i do i truly believe that the christian life is well lived when we do it together with other christians and we need others to keep us accountable and to encourage us as we live through this really difficult world. Otherwise, it's really easy to get off track. And I, I know this from personal experience. So uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So if this makes sense, in order for us to stay sharp in our faith, we need to live life in community with others and not just any community. Oh, no, no, no. 
We need a good biblically based Christian community because people help other people grow. So I was listening to another podcast episode about a few weeks, two months ago or two months ago. I don't know. I can't really keep track of time. But it was the it was called The Life of a Christian Teenager podcast. And by the way, it's an amazing podcast. Please go check it out. The host, Rachel, is just such a wise girl. And um, if you like the episodes I've been creating, I know we, I haven't had too much. But yeah, if you, if you like my podcast, then I'm sure you'll love hers just as much. She's just so, such a wise girl. So basically, Rachel was saying how she was doing some gardening thing, or I think her mother was doing some gardening, and she wanted to see like what plants you can grow together in the same pot. And I just love this. She went on to say that if you're a Christian, you can only flourish in the same pot with other Christians, if that makes sense. Not a physical pot, but you know. <laughs> so you're not going to flourish if your closest inner circle is made up of non-Christians who do not have the same beliefs as you. And it's great to have non-Christian friends too, because don't get me wrong, because that's how we can spread the gospel to others, but we do need the people closest to us to be fellow Christians, because if you surround yourself all the time with only people that do not have those Christian beliefs, you're at a high risk of going down the wrong path. So I experienced this in my own life, because at school, a lot of kids are, they're not Christian, and they're very, they can be very conformed to this world in terms of how they dress, how they act, and like the foul language they use. Sorry to say, they're not very good words. And as Christians, we, you know, we try not to swear and curse and use bad words because it's one of the Ten Commandments that says do not take the Lord's name in vain. And that helps to, you know, stay pure, to not swear. It's just a bad thing. So basically, I was with some people and in one of my classes, and they swear a lot. And, you know, the, I just... Thankfully, my heart was guarded because I feel like God has grown me and he's matured me and he's with there with me so that I wouldn't be affected by them. But then I could kind of, and I was only with them for like about an hour at a time, like every other day or something. But yeah, my point is trying, my point is that, um, you know, if you're around other people, it's, you're at a very high risk to go down the wrong path. Like I've experienced in my own life. And if you haven't experienced it yet, I'm pretty sure you will. On that note, like, I've also found in my own life that it's just naturally refreshing to be in fellowship with other Christians. So, the summer before my freshman year of high school, which felt so long ago, but it really wasn't. So, I went to the high school Bible study at my church, and those Tuesday nights were just so refreshing to my soul. And even when we were, like, just joking around about silly things, like, for example what superpower would you like to have or if you um oh if you had like a million dollars what would you buy i said i would buy a ukulele and then some kid was like oh you better get an electric ukulele for that price and then oh yeah <laughs> that's funny but also oh yeah it was um is a cheese it a chip or a cracker if anyone asks you this ever in your life you need to be prepared and you need to know that it's a cracker and not a chip. Anyway, like even when we were just joking about silly things, it was so nice to know that I'm surrounded with people who love God as much as I do, which has made that those silly times just so much more fun and the laughs so much more sweeter and more memorable. 
So, uh, yeah, a lot of the the other kids were older than me at the Baba Subby. And, you know, I was the new freshie. I <laughs> I was just coming out of eighth grade and into ninth grade. It was, like, around July. So the kids were, like, juniors and seniors. And I was like, wow, they're so old and intimidating. And, like, ugh. They probably, like, think I'm so small being a freshman, coming to Bible study. But, no, they were actually, like, really nice and amazing people. Yeah. So it was just nice to have deep conversations about the Bible with people who are hungry for the word like me and I just loved hearing what others who have lived like a bit longer than me you know who are um are now at this time ready to graduate high school like I was just starting it was just nice to see what they had to say so what I'm trying to say is that it's very 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 important to do life with other Christians and Paul even says that we should stand together with one spirit and one purpose that is fighting for the faith and telling others about the good news. So that's it. This was my little Bible study about Philippians chapter 1. And I really hope that you learned something and were encouraged because I know even for me, just diving into this chapter to prepare for this podcast really encouraged me and I learned a lot. And I hope you didn't mind that it was about 35 minutes. I wasn't planning to go this long when I first recorded, it was 30 minutes, but now it's 35. But yeah, I really hoped you learned a lot. And if you love this episode and this podcast, please subscribe to it so you won't miss another episode. Share it with your friends. I know at the time of recording this episode, I had about 49, like 50 listeners. So I'm not trying to say that to like brag like, oh, I have 50 listeners on my podcast. Look at me. No, I just saying that just so you guys know, because I want to you know, reach more people. So subscribe, share with your friends, rate and review, which will help others find it and all that great stuff. So thank you for coming to this little Bible study and stay tuned for part two, which should come in about a few weeks. I still haven't planned it yet, but yeah, um, thank you for coming and I'll talk to you soon.